The Holy Gospel according to John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, seeing is believing. We've heard that recently, haven't we? And that is the creed of today's society that wants to see some verifiable evidence before placing trust in whatever the promise or proposition is, ranging from business deals to purchases that we make and relationships entered into or ended right through to the vast amount of claims and promises made in the area of even spirituality as well. Now, some years ago, there was an article that was posted on the internet titled, God Does Not Exist, and Religion is a Fairy Tale for Suckers. And as the basis of their assertion, the author writes this. Please, please, please give me the power to be God for just five minutes. You wouldn't recognize this place. No disease, no poverty, no crime, no hunger, no suffering, no crack, no heroin, no tobacco. No evil people running everything, no ignorance, no war, no murder, no rape, no racism or discrimination, and no exploitation. Of course, this here isn't really anything new. The human race says that I'll believe that our God is real when I see demonstrable proof of such evidence. And that's because evil is seen so often that there can't be a God. This is their viewpoint. 
But to assert that evil is proof that God doesn't actually exist, well, it raises a greater problem. What kind of existence would it be where human beings and the world we live in is the product of just random chance? If there is no God, what hope do we have living in an existence in which sin, evil, and chaos rule unrestrained, empty of the hopes and means of deliverance from such a situation? Now, the person who posted this Internet article asserts that there is no God based on what they can see. There's another problem with this. If the evil we see is evidence that God doesn't exist, then the overreaching moral code of our scriptures, of the Bible, well, it then becomes redundant. And to remain living under it is therefore viewed as a burden. So instead, the self, it becomes the final authority to determine just what is right and Good. We should put no other gods above ourselves, for to do so would be to restrain freedom. But unrestrained freedom, well, is a false freedom. In fact, it's slavery, bondage to the self, where We do whatever we want to feel good or to feel safe or feel in control and preserve only ourselves, even when it's damaging to others and damaging to ourselves as well. You see, unrestrained freedom is actually the source of evil. In our gospel reading for today, we hear of humanity's need for the one true saving God. Jesus, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And the word here for keep in its fullest sense means to trust, obey to submit to. If you love me, you will trust in what I command. But not everyone does trust in what Jesus commands. And if we are honest with ourselves, all of us at one time or another, we do not trust or obey what Jesus has commanded. And we find ourselves listening to our own hearts and reason rather than these words that Jesus has provided for us 
And as a human race, that has been the case since Adam and Eve, when they fell to the temptation in the Garden of Eden, to treat God's word indifferently to, did God really say? And God, he dealt with this problem of sin and evil by taking upon himself the true man of Christ. And this is why Jesus says to the disciples in today's text, yet a little while and the world will see me no more. He's about to go to the cross, you see, and to die. To make atonement for the world's sin. He is about to go to the cross where God judged evil and sin in his own son in order to redeem the world from it. It is there that the innocent son of God personally experienced and absorbed the full devastation of human injustice and wicked depravity to save us from ourselves and God's just sentence of death upon us as sinners. That is a truth that is painful for any of us to hear, but not as painful as what Jesus endured for us for our sakes, in order to redeem us and to make us his own. In today's text, Jesus, he says to his disciples, a little while and the world will no longer see me. The world will not see him, but they will see him. They will see him after his resurrection. They will see him as he reveals himself to them. Through the breaking of bread, they will see him as he comes to stand with them and proclaim his peace to them. They will gather with him in that locked room. They will see him, not just with their eyes, but with their hearts and minds as he is there with them. Yes, they will see him again for the scripture It states in our gospel text in verse 18, I will not send you away as orphans, but I will come to you. And he makes yet another promise to them when he says, and I will ask the father. And he will give you another helper. Another helper to be with you forever. And the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But they will know him. They will know him. The Holy Spirit, the helper is not, well, it's not some kind of unclear force or impersonal power. You see, the Holy Spirit is the third person of our triune God. And some translate him as the paraclete. 
But there isn't really any particular English word that sufficiently captures what the original word parakletos means. But it literally says one called to the side of. Some of our English translations, they say comforter or counselor. And of course, the Holy Spirit is definitely both of these things, giving us counsel and comfort as he leads us all into truth. Another sense is that of an advocate, someone who speaks in support and defense for one another. And this is true, too, as he stands beside us, defending us for accusations of the law, others, and Satan himself, who accuses God's people day and night before God, as it says in Revelations 12.10. And Jesus says that the world cannot accept this one who walks beside because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you do know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus, he promises them that the Holy Spirit will be their other paraclete, their other advocate, counselor, and comforter. Their other one called to be by their side and to dwell with them. Now, the first is, well, it's Jesus himself. And he says, I'm not sending you away as orphans. I will come to you. The disciples, well, they'll have Jesus and the Holy Spirit walking with them, guiding them, comforting them, leading them ministering to them. These promises are there first of all to the disciples as they give the apostolic testimony handed down to each one of us today. And though the world does not know Jesus and the Spirit, well, they do and will. And through the works of the Spirit, It will guide them to write these promises and know that it is true for you as well. As he comes to you with his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness and salvation in your baptism, in Holy Communion, in the absolution, in the word, in proclamation and in our liturgy. In our first reading today from the book of Acts, we heard of the religious marketplace of Athens, the multitude of idols worshipped. And just to make sure that they had all their bases covered, there was an, an, an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. 
Jesus, he promises disciples in today's text that I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. God is so unknown to most people today. People who look for proof, who say, if I see God, then I will believe. But you do know the God unknown by the world. You have received that which the world cannot receive. That gift, that gift of the Holy Spirit. And your heavenly father has sent him to be your counselor, to guide you into all truth so that you trust the words of Christ the entirety of our scriptures. Your heavenly father has sent his Holy Spirit to be your helper, your guide, to walk with you and to stand by you and to empty every accusation that is brought against you of its condemning power. And listen to this. He is not like idols of gold or silver or stone. And he does not live in temples made made by hands. But he lives in a temple that was made by his hands. Because he lives in you. You know him, for he dwells with you, and he is in you. Now, dear saints, the Holy Spirit is with you and dwells within you together with Christ and his father who sent him to die on the cross and shed his precious blood to ransom you that you would be his very own and have a dwelling place in heaven forever. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you know the God whom the world does not know. And you don't know just about God, but you know God personally and relationally as he shares his own life and his blessings with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that right there, that is how when we look around and are tempted to see Only the horrible, evil, and heart-wrenching suffering that we can be sure that our God is still a loving God. For the cross is where you see that God went to unconceivable lengths for you to punish such evil that is part of all of this human condition. And free you from your own sin and death so that you will not be left orphanized in this world. But have a room 
in your heavenly Father's mansion, a place in which he has prepared for you. His mighty resurrection, which you share in through your baptism, is how you know his promise is true for you. Because I live, you also will live. Because God has given you faith to believe in your Savior, Jesus Christ, then one day you will see him with the angels and all the other saints in their glory forever and ever. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and through our advocate, our helper, the Spirit. Amen.